0: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1087. Let's talk about you, the ID10T podcast community, in the ID10T podcast corkboard. Um, events at ID10T.com. It's how you submit your thing. Uh, like Waldemar, who says, my brother and I Made uh, and premiered a podcast this month. It's the Masters of Music podcast. The podcast is about our journey to find out the secrets of music from the masters. We have conversations with the greatest masters of music alive, from studio people to producers to up and coming artists to rock stars, everything in between. Uh, some of our guests: Tony Franklin from White Snake and the Firm, Jeff Young from Megadeth, Merv Douglas from Powerman Five Thousand. Uh, Roger Carter from John 5, Lito, Florida. Rick Springfield. Uh, we release weekly YouTube and SoundCloud episodes. Uh, we know how hard it is to produce podcasts. We just hope someone might get inspired by our guests. Please check us out, mastersofmusicpodcast.com. And it is Masters of Music Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Excellent work making your thing. If you're out there and you've made a thing that you want to share with the community corkboard, events at id10t.com. Also head over to the website id just for stuff, you know, vi- t-shirts, vintage stuff. We're on Instagram too. Oh, I'm so bad at self promotion. I it's like I, I hear myself doing it, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> you, you know, it's there. I don't need to. I don't need to bother you about it. <laughs> Let's talk about this episode. This episode's Bill Burr. I mean, like. Been coming on the podcast since the beginning. You know, it's funny that we're kind of in this space now where we're like, old timey podcast days. <laughs> yug, yug, yug. And scene. oh, did you believe it? Did I take you there to old timey podcast days? Um, this is a really fun episode because we talk about, uh, I ask him a lot of questions about being a dad. We talk about fatherhood. Bill has two kids. Um, You know, someday I might have a kid or two. Who knows? I just want to do a good job. So I got a lot of questions. Uh, Bill has the Monday Morning Podcast, which I'm sure you know. And also he is in The King of Staten Island, uh, which is the Judd Apatow movie starring Pete Davidson. Uh, Bill is in it. And it is now at the release of this podcast, which is August 25th. So, just whenever you hear it, uh, you can get King of Staten Island on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. It's available on all of the platforms. Maybe you like things in the digital space. Maybe you like to hold a disc in your hands and look at it and go, I own a thing. Um, But maybe, again, you like uh, virtual IP, and so you just... You don't want to have to have more things in your life. But if you want a thing, you can have a Blu-ray or DVD of King of Staten Island. If you, if you just like a, um, a representation of a thing, then get it on digital. But it's available now. So watch it. Go watch it. After this podcast, you'll love it. Come on. It's a John Apatow movie. It's great. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. It's a great cast. You're going to love it. Go watch it right after this podcast. Unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, But listen to the podcast Stop operating heavy machinery, then watch the movie. All right? This is the ID10T Podcast, uh, number 1087, with Bill Burr. Initiating ID10T Protocol. Wilfred. It's Wilfred, right? Bill is short for Wilfred. Is that correct?
1: No, no, that's just some silly name because I didn't think Instagram was going to be a thing. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking at like, well, everyone was on MySpace. Then they left that, went to Facebook. Then they went to Twitter. Now that Instagram, it just seemed like all the cool kids going around the meatpacking district back in the day,
0: all going to the new (laughs) club, but
1: it was all the same people.
0: Yeah, you're right. That there were like there were those first couple of early stops and starts with social media because before MySpace was Friendster and yes. before Friendster was one called My Tribe. So I think it was My Tribe or Tribe or something and then Friendster and then the big thing with MySpace was oh my god performers can put clips on it and you can have like a top 8 friends so you can you can really uh, create a hierarchy of who your favorite people are for all the world to see. So that was it. That, that,
1: that might've started the meanness It would have eventually gotten mean, but I think one of the first signs that it was going to be a mean thing was uh, the top eight, <laughs> top five, what it was, put me in your top five or whatever. The top, top five was a Chris Rock movie. Top eight. Was it top eight?
0: It was top eight. Yeah, it was top eight. And then I think they expanded it to like 16 or 24 because they realized that it was, creating a lot of friction for people in their personal relationships because it really was a big deal to be included or excluded from someone that you thought was like one of your best friends or your family and you weren't in their top their top friends right
1: what's crazy is MySpace still exists it, it does yeah <laughs> It's like one of those towns where there was a nuclear meltdown and everybody left but like main street is still there or like, like or I, like I, I still have a page I can still go back I don't have my password anymore but I can still
0: visit my page I I think of it like a I think of it like uh like an old um mining town where it's like oh they got all the you know they got they they depleted the copper mines but there's still a couple <laughs> people who you know, just keep the buildings there. You can go, I mean, you can't really stay there, but you know, it's you, like, you can they give look tours, at
1: they give tours of the old mine shaft.
0: <laughs> they should give ghost town tours of old social media sites. Yeah. And then, because things do change so rapidly, it's just, I mean, it'd just be like looking at, sort of like when you, you know, you think it's going to be really fun to play old video games because you, they're so nostalgic and then you start playing and then you're like, oh, this was fun for like 10 seconds. (laughs) Doesn't have the same, just doesn't have the same. Unless you're like
1: me, where you actually stopped playing video games for the most part, 20. I mean, I played a couple in the 80s a little bit. Then I didn't play again for like another 10 years. I actually bought a PlayStation 1 and then 2 and it just took over my life and I just unplugged everything because I knew I'd never be able to figure out again because I'm dumb. And I just (laughs) stuck it in the back of my closet. So.
0: The yeah, last games you're I played with Siphon that.
1: Filter and Grand Theft Auto 2 or 3. I can't remember.
0: That was a – yeah, I feel like it was one of the Grand Theft Autos in the early – It might temporada. have been the first one.
1: Might have been the first one? Actually, now that I think – I can't remember. It was so long ago.
0: Mine – let's see. It might have been oh, – I want to say maybe Vice City was the one where I played a lot or maybe a Twisted Vice Meadow City. Game. Yeah, that's the one and, I played. And I had to – and I I did the same thing where I – I sold all my stuff. Uh, it was around the time I got sober because I was like, shit, I really need to focus on improving my life and I will never do anything as long as this gaming system is in my house. I have since, I've since gone back and I do play games again. But there was a period of a handful of years where I could not do it because I knew I just couldn't handle doing it in a responsible way.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's – uh... Yeah. And they just kept getting better and better. I mean, I'm looking at kids now playing and they're wearing those glasses and they're jumping into TVs and stuff. And I'm just like, thank God I quit. I mean, drugs are the same way. I was never a big drugs guy, but like, I remember seeing crack babies and being like, this is it. This is as bad as it's going to get. And, um, um, then like you started seeing those before and after meth pictures where it was you couldn't even believe it was the same person right and it was just like oh well, okay i gotta hand it to this generation they uh because i remember you know it just always seemed like the the older generation was always like can you believe what these kids are doing and i was trying to think like after seeing crack fiends you know smoking on my stoop like it's like what is gonna shock me when i get old and i was like I was doing a college gig in the middle of the country, you know, and I, I saw one of those before and the afters. And it's like, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Oh, there it is. They You're did it. College, the youth
0: did just, it. Even just hearing about doing college gigs just makes me go, is that ever going to be a thing again? Are we going to get to do that? Are we going to get to, you know, like, are we going to, are we going to get to like do like really tour again that, you know, yeah. indoors? I don't know. Are you doing any outdoor gigs?
1: Uh, I'm exploring a couple of options, but, uh, my agent, myself, the deal breaker is I have to know 100% the crowd is going to be safe. Cause I don't want to in, you know, in the short run, you know, run out and grab a bag of money. But then in the long run, I've screwed me and everybody else that lives in that. I've screwed everybody basically. Absolutely. So no one can get sick. So we're, Um, looking at a couple of venues that are, that hold a lot of people, but then we put like a comedy club level of people in there, but then you have to rent the venue, but then they're trying to get creative about with their parking lots and stuff. I don't know. All I know is I would love to do a show and make some people laugh. And, um, this COVID thing, I, I, I believe in scientists. I believe in doctors. Those are the people I listen to. You're wearing a white lab coat right now. I would listen to you. Um, <laughs> but what I don't listen to is, you know, people like myself who don't have uh, any, any medical science background. <laughs> medical background. I'm not going
0: to listen to you. I wouldn't even listen to a dentist. It's like you work on teeth. But I, but I, I do know You're a podiatrist. What the fuck do you know about viruses? I so agree with you about not wanting to be responsible for getting people to cluster together right now. And and I actually feel. I actually feel okay. I'm sure there are some, I I know that there are some comedians who almost in a therapeutic way need to be on stage all the time. And so I, you know, I love performing, but I'm not a, I need to be on stage all the time kind of guy. I'm I'm totally happy to sit it out. And it's giving me an opportunity to like, Look at my jokes. What's working? What's funny? You know, can I improve on any of this? Do I have some time to make this? Was better? I ever funny? Did I ever know how to do I mean, I'm at this point like I don't even know how to do. Oh, God, I'm, I'm reading these. I said this out loud. This is horribly unfunny. I don't
1: know. I'm kind of just wanting to do it so I don't forget how to do it. Because for the first six weeks, I didn't miss it at all because I was on a 28-year bender. Right. Without taking any sort of significant break. I mean, a couple two-week things here, two-week things there. But, um, it was just like having a real job where, you know, a guy with a real job, if you're lucky, you get a week off a year, right? It's not like you're going to forget, you know, if you fly a plane for a living, you're not going to forget how to do that. So I, I feel like, you know, but you know, when you start, you start leaving for like six months and stuff, you know, which we're coming up on, it's like, um, start cause I saw guys you know, because I started in the 90s, I saw guys get sitcoms oh, yeah. where the pilot went and then they started doing that and they were just getting crazy money. And it's just like they had the greatest gig ever. And it's, I don't want to go on the road, I don't get a plane. They just sort of stopped doing stand up. And I saw when they came back, it, you know, if they took too much time, like five, six years in music and comedy, it changes so much. There's a whole generation of people that got married. They got knocked up. They had kids and they don't have time to even know what's going on, to even know you're coming into town. And then there's this whole nother wave behind them
0: and they're into whatever the hell they're into. Um, I have a theory about that, by the way, I do. Cause obviously I think that's a thing that every comedian thinks about. Like, Oh, if I, you know, if I become too successful or if I don't do stand up for a while, I just think with, comedy it requires a certain amount of hunger because there's a there's a hunger and there's a discomfort because when you get up on stage you need you know like you're you're trying to fill a you know you're trying to fill a void or you're a little hungry you need to you know and so for people who got sitcoms and started making a shit ton of money I always kind of thought you know they just stand up maybe wasn't necessarily their first love or they would have done it anyway you know like it, the comfort level, too, sort of takes some of the fire. And when you're comfortable, you're just like, yeah, I don't know, because it's a lot of energy to get up on stage and to get your energy up and to, and to, you know, start. For me,
1: it was never the show. It was the travel. It was just a lot of – that's what, like, my whole thing would be getting from my house and just once I sat on the plane, when I could afford to fly first class, it was yeah. fine. Yeah. But everything else bef- reading up to that was getting to the plane, getting on the plane, the whole plane ride. Yeah. Waiting to get off, waiting in the back. You know, your head like that because you're standing up because your legs are killing you and you're waiting for everybody to get out. Um, the you're in another time zone, the engine. Your sleep
0: schedule's off.
1: Yeah, like that really wore on me a while. But once I, I was making enough money where I could fly first class, and all first class, by the time I was able to get up there – it was like they just gave you a seat for a human being. That's all it was. Like all those like, hey, there's just never-ending free drinks and the, the waitresses are ex-playmates and they invite you to the top of the hotel. And like I remember Pan Am used to have this thing. When you flew first class into JFK in New York, you exited down these stairs onto a tarmac into a helicopter that flew you <laughs> to the top of the Pan Am building, which I forget what it's called now. It's the one on, uh, was it Park Avenue or something? It was the Pan Am building, the MetLife building. Now, you've, you landed on the, the top of that building. Oh my. So You God. avoided all the traffic. There was a bar up there. Total Ron Burgundy stuff.
0: This is like Mad Men era t- type of. Uh... Absolutely.
1: And you hung out, you had drinks. And you met people, made connections, and then they'd be like, you're ready to go. And then you grabbed your non wheelie suitcases. It was probably somebody took it down for you. You got in a cab and you went to your, <laughs> to your hotel. It's like, wow, man. That was like when you, had, you walked up a staircase, a spiral staircase into first class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now the seats are just like... They're just passable, it's like oh yeah, they're like they're like what I'm sitting in now they' they're they're a seat that is made for a human being, and I was in the back when like they were slowly adding more rows so that the back of the seat, like yeah. when somebody would just put their seat down like this, it was like, I mean, you're like a dentist, you could give them a filling, yeah, you're just sitting there like, oh my god
0: they they um, they started slowly ebbing back all of the comfort in the rest of the plane. And then the big upgrade was like now you get the comfort that everyone just used to have, naturally. Now yeah, economy like plus,
1: I did all of that. And then I loved the the exit row was like the poor man's first class. And then inevitably you'd see some giant guy come walking on, and he'd give you a look. He'd be like, "All right, man, take this seat. I'm not going. We're all in this together. I'm not going to do this to yourself." Um, yeah. So that that part of stand up. I, 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 don't miss, but over the years I learned to, to really pack super, super, super light. Yeah. Where I just really, I just started doing track suits and I was just like, I'm wearing this, this whole tour and in the bag in, is, is, is my show shit. Yep. And just backpack it. And I, I, I was starting to get to that level because I still had a wheelie thing. Cause I had to bring my computer and all that shit doing the podcast. But a couple of my openers were just backpack guys. Yeah. And like the level of stress that that alleviates where it's just like there's going to be at least the space underneath my seat. Yep. So you can just get on and watch, you know, that energy. I remember one time um, I got, was getting on the plane and there was this Chinese woman, like uh, not Chinese American, like from China and how how packed it is over there. I guess it's socially comfortable for them to put their hand on your back and slowly push you. As, as <laughs> you're getting on, I felt like a lineman and she was like a running back and we were like trying to punch it in. And I remember she did it like three times. I finally turned around and I was just, I just laughed. I was like, sweetheart, your seat's going to be there or whatever. And she got all like that. I felt bad, but it was just, it just struck me as like, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, are we heading to that level of overpopulation? Cause I've been over there. I've been to Hong Kong anyways, never been to mainland China. And that was like a thing, you know, they push people into, uh, on to pack them onto the trains and shit or whatever. And it was just sort of, uh, I, I, there was, a, there was definitely a period in my life where I was nervous that like, well, you know, they got to a billion people, eventually will be to a billion people. And what is that going to be like? Well, they I you know, be there, able to survive that.
0: There is a lot of empty space in the United States. There's like, if you ever drive across the country, I feel like a considerable portion of the United States is empty land. Like there's plenty of room. I know. And you
1: then know. you have all these people living near the oceans telling people who actually have room to stretch out that they're idiots, that, they're, that they're, they're just flyover people. And it's like, I've been to some of those places, those lakes in the middle of the so-called middle of nowhere. I mean, they're it's gorgeous. It's
0: incredible. Yeah, I know. Dude, you, the, you, best, you, the best kept secret in this country is a lake vacation. Everyone everyone starts to get a little thorough as you get older. When you're young, you, you need to be in the middle of everything. You got to feel like shit's happening around you. And I feel like as you start to get older, you go, God, a farm sounds nice. Or I'm fucking just living on a lake in the looking at trees. The whittling God, sounds, sounds fun nice.
1: to me. Whittling, smoking a pipe. <laughs> just all of that, just sitting. little nice thing of lemonade.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's how you know you've crossed the threshold when some young city kid comes in and like, how can you live out here? There's nothing to do. And you're like, how can you live where you live? You're, it's like, it's frenetic, you know, like the idea of just sort of, ah, got space, you know, you know, I don't feel like, but I think, again, that a lot of that's also just like the ambition of when we're young and we want to make it and we got to be in the center of everything. And then. You know, again, when you start to get older, I just be like, ah the energy it requires to have to care that much about all that stuff. I had a
1: thought today: how much wasted energy being impatient is. (laughs) I, like, if if being impatient took life off your battery, yeah, I would have been I would have been done years ago. So I was. I'm I'm trying to, uh, you know, having kids has really helped me with that, and like just being in traffic and I still, my daughter said to me like, dad, dad, why'd you beep at that guy? And I was just like, I oh, was, he just wasn't, you know, I was letting him know he needed to turn a little faster. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that thing is out here in LA where when somebody is in front of you and they turn into the next lane and they, they, th- their idea is this. Oh yeah. They're at an so angle so for the- their car is in the lane. Like they're in the lane. Yeah. So that means the whole car is, and then everybody here can't get past this That's here. Right. It is a uniquely California, I don't, I don't know if it's all of California, it's a gigantic state, but it's just like, for the love of God, <laughs> can you get over? And then you beep at them and they look at you like, like what? It's like,
0: you're in both lanes. It's almost like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it's almost like Los Angeles is a place where people just think about themselves. I, I mean, I know that's a crazy idea. But I feel like maybe it's almost like LA. I,
1: w- I would definitely argue that I feel like that's the stereotype. That's like everybody in Boston is angry. It's right. all northern racism. All racism in this country is in the south, and it's right. in Boston. Is like this thing, and it's like no, it's 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 like everywhere. And there's selfish people, you know, you I think we've seen some of the selfish behavior during all of this. We're all in here together, on both sides. I I you know, there's definitely. There's going to be some jerks. But I've met some of the coolest people ever I've met have uh, been out here. One of my favorite things to meet out here in L.A. is somebody that's from L.A. and loves it. It's, I To me, L.A. I can't,
0: native I, is rare.
1: Yes. And they're like a rabid Dodgers fan. Or they can talk about, you know, they, they love the Clippers or the Kings. They can talk about the old forum. Like, I can sit and talk to those people all day. But the last thing I need to run into... Is another East Coast guy talking about how there's no change of season and 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 right in, right in whatever it's just like no I, agree. I I understand that I I feel your pain but I can't wallow in that because I I, I I
0: I I've defended L.A. many times I mean I make jokes about the the narcissism and being sort of at the center of L.A. but it is you know but there's like I don't know what's the population eight million or something like there's a lot of everything and so when people go why do you live in LA? Doesn't it suck? And I go, well, every city has good things and bad things and you do what you do in any city, which is you kind of find your, you find your friends and you find your, you know, like the things that you like to do. And, and it's nice. Like you it, it kind of anywhere is like that, I guess, you know,
1: well, I think people, when they come out here to visit is they, they go to sunset strip or Hollywood Boulevard. And it says, that's not a good example of, uh, of Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, it's like nobody who lives out here goes there. That's no. like when I lived in New York, I never went to Times Square. Right. I didn't go to the Statue of Liberty. Like
0: you got to get near Times Square when you're going to Carolines. You just got to you just got to graze the edge of it when you're walking into Carolines. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, there's really no not much of a reason to have to go there. But I think it's cuz I find LA really interesting because it's in the sense that when you take off from LAX it's a beautiful takeoff because you're taking off over the ocean and it's blue and you see the coastline. But landing in L.A. is just like you're landing on this concrete circuit board that goes for <laughs> miles and miles and miles and miles. It's so, over, it's so overwhelming to land in Los Angeles because you're like, Jesus Christ, it, there's just no end to it, you know. It's just yeah, so and there
1: wasn't really uh, a plan it was just everybody sort of did their own thing. I will say about LA, some of the most gorgeous houses, old houses I've ever seen. Like I love the old Mediterranean style, the arches, the craftsman houses out here. Even some of these newer like really modern looking ones, they're getting a little hacky cuz they, you know, the open floor plan like my me and my wife always watch these oh yeah, the million dollar listing, that's that's sort of our that's our jam, you know. And it's always a giant white house with these big sliding white doors, you know downtown to ocean
0: views, yeah. infinity pool. Um, yeah, they always say just, things like clean lines is another thing. Just really clean lines, really open concept. You know, the kitchen can see through over the living room, and it's like, well, yeah, uh, some floor plans are or make sense for open concept, but you know, but that is indoor one thing outdoor
1: living. Yes. That's <laughs> another big. They all have that. <laughs> then they all have, like, for the backyard, they all have, like, the concrete slab with the little strip of grass outlying in it. That's yeah. a big thing. Like, yeah. I've just noticed, like, like um, almost like hacky construction where you have hacky comedy. Yes. Like, uh, when I first came out to L.A. about, you know, 10, 15 years ago, these, that, the garage door with the frosted windows, mm-hmm. everybody had to have that. And now you look at it and it's like somebody wearing baggy jeans or like uh you know it's the baggy jeans version of the it's it's like it's definitely from it's like okay this house was redone in the 2000s
0: yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like the ed hardy hat you know or like the uh yes like,
1: yeah or oh, the von uh, dutch I, von dutch trucker von dutch, hat dutch, yeah.
0: my my version of that is always it's the phrase granite countertops I don't, I'm not a big fan of like that early 2000s granite countertop, but right. on so many shows and it's a lot of the ones where it's a lot of the, um, like the ones that don't have hosts where people are just looking at three houses and then they pick one. They almost always go, Oh, granite countertops. I'm like, those countertops are gross. They're like orange, pink, granite. It's like not like it's, it's so early 2000s, you know, yep. like it's not, that that to me is that you watch it. Another you
1: know, bad one is when they go marble countertops and that's one of those things where you spill tea on it and it just immediately it's porous whatever that means and then you can't get the stain out. So it's basically if you never use if you never use the kitchen it looks like Jesus could give a sermon there. Yeah. But the second you make a piece of toast you are just like ah. So I like, like uh I like I like wood in in like uh i like the the tiles and shit like that but i've really gotten into um i just sort of like because i'm super frugal so i just sort of i really live vicariously through watching these people um like it's just like wait who who has that kind of money like where, where do you get that kind of money where it's like there, there's a there's a new one on um on netflix where it's these two twin guys, bald dudes, and then they just have, like, these, like, models. It's hilarious. They're wearing, like, stiletto heels selling, like, real estate in
0: the hills. Yeah, I'm not sure I know what show that is. It might be selling Sunset, but there's another one that you might like called Grand Designs, and it's, like, there's, like, 15 seasons of it. It's a British show. And the host is this very, like kind of uh, you know he's uh, he's uh, he must be an architect or he has an architecture like he has a background in architecture but what i find really interesting about it if you like watching people like blow through money is people will buy <laughs> these like old british like castles or old british you know buildings oh, and boy. then i guess it's just because they're used to seeing like i love old, i love old buildings i love restoring old old type things but but I guess in England, they're just so used to it. So they always try to put a modern spin on stuff. So it's like the, the back half of a castle, but with a glass front, you know, like that kind of shit. <laughs> but it's really interesting because if you like watching because you're frugal, you'll watch these British people who are like, well, um, so I actually I've had to borrow money to get the house to a point where the bank will even consider giving me a mortgage so that I can finish it. So people are just trying to stay ahead of the borrowing curve and not blow through all their money so that they can get it to a point where it's habitable. Don't
1: don't even get me started on those piece of shit bankers. It's like everybody lost money in this except for them. They gave you a three month little deferral. And then after three months you owed four months on your mortgage. And it's just like, you guys are clearly running the economy. Can't you just hit pause like a video game and just be like, all right, time out, pandemic, everybody chill until it's away. And then when it's gone and then it goes away and it's like, all right, and go again.
0: Yeah. It's sort of like, it's sort of like when you're, when your kids, if you're wrestling and all of a sudden it goes from being like fun to stop, 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 you know, or it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. It's uh it it and but that idea that you know of borrowing against a thing that you haven't completed yet that you then have to borrow more like that shit stresses me out so much because when you start renovating a place you have no idea what's in the walls especially if it's old so Dude, you're
1: talking about my house i lived that did you live through it you lived oh. through it galvanized pipe cloth wiring i had cloth wiring <laughs> Where the guy went into the wall and he goes, Jesus Christ, do you realize every time you were flicking this switch, switch there was a spark? Ugh. And we had a, a low level gas leak, the gas, the electrical, the plumbing, the floors, the plaster, the windows. I will never get my money back.
0: Is this the house you're living in now?
1: Yeah. I I will never... Uh, I'm going to die in this house. That's the only way I will <laughs> not see how much money I lost. Um, how long was the process? Well, I mean, we bought the house like uh, 2011. We bought it a long time. I mean, yeah, Jesus, already in like nine years. But I love the house. And, um, you know, I, I tried to keep the integrity of the old, make it sort of seamless. Yeah. But like we have you know, got like one more bathroom to do. We just, just do just, just everything, everything like literally from the front door, the front door key, uh, the lock was that's, messed up. It just the it started that- there and then went, but, um, I now, I, I absolutely love the place. And, um, I also did everything first class yep. where I didn't do that stuff where, They replaced the pipes and then they left the old ones in the wall. I don't know why that bugged me. They were just going to just go around it. And I was just like, no, no, take all that. Take all that extra, that nest of wires, do-it-yourself shit. Get all of that out there. I just want this thing to be clean and it's weird, like, contractors respect you when they do that, and then they also think, like, all right, guys, we got a live one.
0: <laughs> oh, you're going to need to replace this, too. Oh, oh, this wood doesn't look too good. We're going to have to – and you don't know any better. Like, you don't know. You know, if they tell you, it's like it's like if a mechanic tells you, oh, you need to replace this in your car. If you don't know anything about cars, you can't argue. You just got to go, okay, yeah. well, I guess I, I, hope, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. You got to bluff once. Oh, I don't know about that. And then just hope <laughs> – hopefully knocks a few bucks off (laughs) i might need to get a second opinion well 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 wait but 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 what you're doing is the right thing to do because in the long run the the, it's a better than average chance that the other stuff is going to start to fail and then you're going to have to rip everything open but that's that's sort of the that's sort of the 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 trap of renovation you know it can start with just like you said with like a keyhole and it's like well fuck if we're replacing this i I mean i'm
1: talking rodents in the when the walls like rat shit from years. I'm just, you, you name it. Yeah. You name it. It's, it's, we've, we've, uh, we've had the issue, but now I feel like we have it under control. But the other day we're in the laundry room and smelt this smell. Uh Oh, and it was funny. I said, I called my wife and I go, do you smell that? She goes, yeah. Yeah. And I was looking. And then simultaneously we both said at the exact same time, the same groan, we both went. uh, What now? <laughs> we said <set> it together. <laughs> <laughs> and even, what's funny? What I don't I think either one of us laughed. It was just like it was literally. We're just like beaten down. Like now, what is it?
0: Yeah. Are they gonna have to rip out the hole? Is this gonna have to be? Are they gonna? You know, because again, once they open up those walls, you don't know, and it could it could be. Dude, nothing? This
1: this bathroom right here.
0: Yeah. Called
1: a full bathroom. Had a. a shower in there it had a hot water and a cold water uh we moved in here one of my relatives stayed in they said there's something wrong with your uh, hot water in here and I'm like god damn it it's not working or whatever so we had them, you know have them use our bathroom so I had somebody come over here uh the reason why it wasn't working was because it was never hooked up <laughs> that's a good reason there was no hot water there was no line <laughs> they put the handle there it's like that fake draw in the kitchen. They did it yeah. with the shower. And yeah. when I was buying that's the house, fantasy. like, that's something I learned. <laughs> and that's on me. Like, I should have gone, if you ever buy a house, do the cold water, and then shut it off. That's so funny. And it's then like- do the hot water, shut it off. And, and like, look, I've learned everything. Look up for water stains. Yep. Any but shit like
0: that? Someone had to hook. Someone had to put that knob in, and then just leave and went. Nah, it's fine. Did you hook that up? Nah. Nah, fuck them. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> they got a knob. What else do they want? You know, the knob's there.
1: Yeah. Like I said, everything.
0: Yeah, I. You know, I'm so curious to talk to you about kids because my wife and I are about to embark on the let's try to have kids and uh do you do you have two kids now or do you still have yeah two i got a girl and a boy um because even just hearing what you were saying before about being in traffic and your daughter said why are you honking at that guy which is basically like having a you know like a real existential like a conscience with you at all times we're going oh i don't understand can you explain this seemingly illogical behavior how does that uh how does that Change you, or how does that change your approach? Obviously, you can't, you can't, and shouldn't just be focused on yourself all the time and your own idiosyncrasies. You have to consider that there's a little life being formed next to you at all yeah. times. So, how did that change, and what was the that, that new responsibility like when it started?
1: Well, the great thing is, is my daughter is not afraid of me at all, <laughs> which I pride myself on because I I didn't want to do, you know, there's a lot of old school parenting that I believe in, but uh... That scary dad coming home. I don't, I don't, no, yeah, I've I don't want that. So she keeps me in check where it's just like, I can, I would just be watching a game be like, ah, how can, I'll just be like this lot. How can you call that? Come on. That wasn't offside or whatever. And then she'll be in the other room. And be like, don't scream like that. <laughs> and then I just go, sorry, buddy. It's kind of the point. My wife is like, he's not yelling. He's just watching a game.
0: He's just, uh, I don't know. Well, that's
1: what she does. She just goes, don't scream like that. Da, da, don't scream like that. And I just go, and every single time, it immediately snaps me out of it. And I go, you're right, buddy. I'm sorry. And then we hug, and it ends. So I still yell. I still snap, but it's only for a second. So I've been able to move the ball of my crazy family tree to <laughs> to that point. Um To the point, I've actually said to my wife, I go, Can you start doing that to me? That's really funny. Just do that. And because it's going to make me laugh if you just, because somebody, uh, a good friend of mine, sent me this thing where it it said way back in the day, like Greek philosophers considered anger uh, momentary insanity. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me like a clap of thunder because I just really thought of the crazy things I've said the things that I've broken, the amount of times I've thrown my phone and it skips off the couch and then, you know, breaks the plaster. Yeah. And then just Instant regret. Like, why did I do that? I got to tell my wife what happened to the wall. Ah, we got a first and 10 and then the ref said, let's just, said, and then she'll just sit in. And then afterwards when I've totally calmed down as it's coming out of my mouth it's just like i just understand the stupidity and the madness of like so you threw your phone this thing you work hard you spend your money you love your phone
0: because you were mad you at it and, and you love your people house or are doing that you're watching and that you're not involved in what
1: yeah and then i gotta try to i then i gotta go on youtube and google how to you know put that stupid crap in there whatever the heck you used to be and then how you to sand it off the and the joint different of Sandpaper, it's all part of the penance. Yeah. Yeah. That's now amazing. you got to paint the whole wall because you'll see that little thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's that, that having to go through all of those steps, I think, is good because it just reminds you of like, oh, yeah, this is why you shouldn't do that. You know, like if you have to actually go through the steps, because I would imagine there's a tremendous amount of shame every step of the way, too. Yeah, daddy's just daddy broke a thing. Don't it's not I can't
1: Oh, next thing you know, you're in Home Depot trying to find one of the two people on that forty thousand square foot store that can help you find what you need. And the whole time you're just thinking, I didn't need to be here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this I is had just master kept completely of my cool. own making. Yes. And now we briefly pause to thank our sponsor for this episode of the ID Ten T podcast, Squarespace is your all-in-one digital solution. Domains, websites, online stores, marketing tools, and now email campaigns so you can create whatever kind of a website you want. You can sell stuff. It can just be a blog. It can just be a portfolio if you want. If you want to let people know about it, create an email campaign with Squarespace as well. It's everything. Consistent content from start to finish, from the conception of your idea through the execution and to emailing it out to people. You have powerful editing tools to make it your own. Customizable layouts for any kind of message, and then mobile editing so you can send anytime, anywhere. Um, and you're going to get 24 7 award winning customer support. You're going to get powerful e commerce functionality if, if you need it. You're going to have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. And then analytics, they're going to help you grow in real time. And let's not forget about 24 7 award winning customer support. So head over to Squarespace right now, squarespace.com slash ID10T for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is Squarespace. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast. And thank you for listening. So let's get back to it. That's nice though, though, to to have that kind of relationship with your kids where you, uh, you know, where you not only respect them but also listen to them because it you know it it, the the one thing that I keep hearing that I, I I hear everyone that I know who's a really good parent is they say like yeah you know the second your child is born you immediately understand that everything is not about you and that you uh you know you essentially are like living for this other this other being you know and that that and to to hear that is especially cause as comedians all day long, we're thinking about ourselves and we're writing about ourselves and we're thinking about our career. You know, it's like being a stand-up is a very entrepreneurial pursuit because you have to do most of the shit you're responsible for most of it yourself. Right. So it, I, I think it's really good and healthy to be reminded like, yeah, it's not, you're not the center of everything. You just aren't. And that's good.
1: No, no, it's been a, it's been a great thing. And then like, uh, I always feel better, no matter how bad I wanted to do something. If something comes up that the, my one of my kids needs and my wife needs, I always feel better. Like, all right, you know, I'll play drums later, or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tape the game. Maybe I'll watch it later. Like, I, there's like a feeling when now inst- instead of doing what I was wanting to do, yeah, doing something for them. There's this great feeling of like, wow, I'm a dad. <laughs> this this is a very dad moment. I mean, you know, it's a parent moment. It's not like my wife obviously isn't making a bunch of sacrifices, but I am a comedian. So I'm going to tell this story through my point of view. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it actually uh, feels good. And, and one of the advantages of being a dad later in life is I get to hear all my friends whose kids are grown going, I wish I spent more time. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. just like, All right. I, okay. Duly noted. I had a buddy of mine the other day and he was, a, he's a great dad. He goes, dude, my kids, I don't know. I goes, I went to bed. I woke up and now they're 17 and 15 and I would give anything in the world to relive the years you're you're living right now. How amazing it is. And it's, and, and he was there, he was there for him. And even being there for him, it goes by so quick. Uh, I was talking to a comic buddy of mine too, where his kids, his daughters are getting to be like college age. And he was just saying like, Because it's like this cruel thing, like they leave you. You get like this unbelievable, unconditional love, this over-the-top love that you feel. And then immediately it's like the hourglass is turned over. And it's like you get 18 years if they move away to college. And even if they come back during breaks, it's like a different thing. And each time they're more independent, which is what you want. Because you don't want to have some bum living there when... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like no, but,
0: but but I'm sure a lot of parents do suffer like a depression when all of a sudden the house is just empty, and it's just like, oh my god for so like for every single day for almost two decades, there was activity in the house and things that you know like there the was chaos the yeah, chaos like you get chaos. used to
1: that sound and it's yeah, I think it's like a uh you know, I always felt like uh you know. Uh, Parents, when you you would see them, like, be heartbroken as they were sending their kids off to college. It weirded me out when I was a kid because I wasn't into emotions other than laughing or rage. <laughs> like, crying just weirded me out. But when I, I uh, when now looking back on it, it meant, I, I thought, like, wow, they really did a, I mean, obviously I'm painting with a broad, broad brush here, but like, they really did a good job. They liked being parents. And I think there's something really cool about your kid's 18 and you're still looking at them like they're your baby. You know, you got to respect that they're an adult. I'm not saying that, that they have their ideas and stuff. But like, just the fact
0: that you're still looking at them. You might, you might cry when, when they go off to college. I'm just saying, you might be like. (laughs) College? I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle preschool.
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, that's my buddy. I take my, anywhere, anytime I'm going out, that's my buddy. I take her with me. And I'm going to take my son, too, when he gets bigger. And it's just, uh, you know, I got an old truck that shifts on the column. I'm going to teach both of them how to do it. Um, you know, we're playing sports and just reading books. I, I sing the Bear Necessities oh, song classic. from the Jungle Book every night when I put my daughter to bed. We have to reenact the whole song. And every couple of days, like, like she's the producer of the show, she makes me watch the video. Yep. And she'd be like, he waves right there, da da, because I have to be the bear. Yep. And um. Hoopaloo. So when he says, then don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. In between, when you're looking around, he looks over to the Panther and he waves to him. So I I have to wave to the if I don't wave to the Panther, the production stops. And then we have to go back to one. She's a director. Your daughter's yes. gonna be a director. Yes, and it can it can be, you know, when I'm off my game, it could be like a forty minute. It's like a bad day on set. Like, oh God, why did I ever please, want to be yeah, an actor?
0: There's so much a bit in here of your daughter just going, cut, dad, dad, please. This is why we have rehearsal. What are you doing? You know you're supposed yeah. to cut. We don't have all day. We're losing light over here. Jesus, come on. Bare necessities. Uh,
1: forget about your words. Bare necessities. That that's that's old mother's nature's recipe. I think it's that he says that's mother nature's recipe. She always goes old. Old Mother Nature's recipe. Dude, I have to do like the dance where he does the clap, back up, do the whole thing. <laughs> she wanted me where he goes, uh, when you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants and maybe try a few. Yep. He then licks the ground. She wanted. She's like, daddy, you're supposed to lick the floor. It's like, I'm not licking the floor. <clears throat> Eventually. So then I had to gonna... pretend with my hand like that. No. So you're she ended then do her ants. next line. You eat ants, Baloo? You better believe it. It's.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're going to end up eating ants. She's going to give you a stick with ants on it and you're going to have, it's going to, it's going to be, she's going to strive for the realism. Um, yeah, That's my favorite Disney movie, by the way, The Jungle Book. That is my favorite animated Disney film. It's just such a simple, beautiful story. The artwork is gorgeous. It's all the characterizations. You also know, the like-
1: voiceover actors back in the day, like I, I kind of liked back in the day that they didn't let, famous people do it because all you're going to do is picture them in the booth, which turned out it wasn't the truth, but, um, just, just to get a voiceover actor where all they do is voiceovers. Like I forget the name of the guy that does the voice of like the bear in that movie, but just the sound of his voice is just so amazing. And then his singing voice is incredible as compared to mine.
0: Um, Um, yeah. Yeah. Baloo the bear. Um, he was uh, uh, Phil Harris. It was Phil Harris. Phil Harris, yeah. yeah. And then I think Sterling Holloway, who was also the voice of Winnie the Pooh, does Ka the Snake. Like, there were these, there were these, like, utility voice guys who had one real specific voice. Yeah. And you would, he- and it was, it, and you always, I always got excited to hear that guy do those voices. Or, like, June Foray was a woman who did an amazing, like, so many uh, character voices back in those days. And yeah, and, and you're right. It's, it, it, it wasn't necessarily at the time, like, Oh, we're going to have, you know, the most famous person do the most famous yeah. character from this thing. No,
1: they wouldn't let famous people do it. Cause they thought that you would be, I, I, that's what was told to me anyway. But um, no, Winnie the Pooh is another big one that she loves. So she's singing these songs I haven't heard in like 40 years the deep in the hundred acre woods where Christopher Robin plays a donkey named Eeyore. Yes, his friend. I'm like, Oh my God.
0: Let's see that. I'm, I'm actually also really excited about, you know, when I was younger, I, I never thought like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, kids, maybe, I don't know if, you know, if, if it happens, it happens. And now I've actually, now that we've been really talking about it, I've been having dreams lately where I have a kid and it's like the best thing ever where we're just hanging yeah, out. You're ready talking about stuff watching cartoons yeah oh come over here sit over here let's watch you know it's showing them all my favorite you know cartoons and watching them discover that stuff you know god forbid if we're ever allowed to go to disneyland again like taking a kid to disneyland for the first time is going to be where they're able to really process it it's going to be fucking mind-blowing
1: yeah it's going to be a uh it'll be a great thing they have uh They have like all these Disney toys and stuff. And I know they're selling a brand, but who cares? The brand made me happy when I was a kid. So I, you know, she's totally, you know, into Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse. Right now she's into like the Jungle Book and Winnie the Pooh. And uh, it just sort of changes. We watched the Scooby-Doo movie. She loved that for a while. And uh, it just keeps like changing. Like she likes the Little Mermaid. There was a great one that Ed Asner, one of my favorite actors of all time, did a voice on uh, in the late 2000s. It's about this, this old guy that had a house in the middle of the city and they were building up all around him and he wouldn't sell it. And somehow he attaches balloons to it. That's up. That's Pixar. Oh, I love that movie.
0: I, I have, I have seen up. I've not seen it in a long time because I'm, uh, I'm, I get very emotional. at sad things. And the first and every fucking Pixar movie, I was going. You're not going to fucking get me again, Pixar. The first five minutes of Up, I was like, it. In I was inconsolable.
1: Oh my god! I forgot that I was mad at the movie.
0: It, it's I was like,
1: like why? Why did they put me through that? It's it was really such like, an adult, an adult. Oh my god! I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for people. But Jesus, the, the two things that
0: they hit upon. Well, listen, if someone hasn't seen Up by this point, that's the spoiler is kind of on them. All right, hit
1: pause, because I'm going to say it in three, two, one. Dude, the fact that she she couldn't have kids.
0: Oh, and then she dies. And, and then so she like, dies. Oh, it kills me. And then, you know, Michael Giacchino, who is just a brilliant composer, does i actually got the sheet music for because i want to learn it on piano but this just beautiful like waltzy piece that walks you through their lives and they totally suck you in and you don't know you're about to get kicked in the stomach because you're just watching oh these two kids discover each other and they're both kind of quirky and then they grow up and they fall in love and they have this life together and then they can't have kids but they still have this wonderful life together and then and then they're in the hospital and she's dying and you're like what the fucking fuck. You know, and then you're just, like, tears are just streaming down your face. I had to pause the movie. I was like, Lydia, I can't. I need a day. I need a day, and then we can finish watching the movie tomorrow. It fucking wrecked me. I did the opposite. I just started yelling at the TV, just going, like, the fuck are we doing here? This is a
1: cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Am I watching a benefit? <laughs> am I, at, at like, are we eulogizing somebody? It's just,
0: like that's but that's Pixar that's the Pixar way is that they sneak attack you with you know where it's just like fun 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 fucking you know uh brass knuckle to the heart and I have to tell you something like
1: they nailed it too because when people die that's the way it is yeah the unfortunate thing that you learn when you get older is that you know people just just they're there and then they're not Yeah, and you and then you got to wrestle with that, and just carry that, and and figure out what you're gonna do with that. All right, and um, I think that that's what bothered me because it's like, to be like Pixar. I know that this happens in life. Yeah, I've been through this more times than I want to admit. Do you know I keep a list? I keep a list of all the people so I don't forget them. That's incredible. I am I am up to like forty comedians. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Like, you know, 10, 11, 12. I mean, I lost, I lost, uh, one of my great friends, uh, found out yesterday. And then I, I, I found out today another guy, one of my, my drinking brief sort of drinking buddy, he kind of came into our circle and then spun out. Um, he was a little bit younger than us. I just found out today he died and it was just, you know, and, 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 uh, and another thing is. too, that sucks is like so many of the guys, it's like if they just went to the doctor and got their friggin' heart checked, right? Like guys, like you're not doing the maintenance. You're not watching what you're eating and you just, you don't want to go to the, you don't want to go to the doctor cause you don't want to get that bad news. But it's just like, is, you know, it's just,
0: it, I don't it, know. it is. And, 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 the, and the only thing that you can really do is because there isn't anything you can do about it. It's just that unfortunate part of life. And our brains actually have a mechanism that protects us from really thinking too much about our own demise because then I think people would just never do anything otherwise. Those guys have all they can do to get their affairs in order.
1: They think they're going to get jinxed like it's a sports, like I got to keep sitting like this and then I'm going my team's going to score a touchdown or I'm not I'm going to live. And it was like, um, you know, one of the admirable things the the things that I admire about women is if there's anything that they feel is wrong, they just go to the doctor. Oh, my go wife is my wife
0: is like that. Yeah, my wife is like that. And her doctor, I started seeing her doctor when we got together, and I and I go, Wow, he really tests for everything. And she goes, Yeah, because you need to know. And she's right. I found out I have high cholesterol. I'm in good shape. And I have genetically high cholesterol i never would have known if it hadn't been for. yeah and wife. then
1: you end up being a ticking time bomb because i never had a, known. Uh, i had a
0: buddy of mine like in the
1: same shape as me same shape as me you would never would have known it and just dropped it's, it's it's let's not talk about do see what pixar no. does do you no, see pixar.
0: <laughs> pixar is a scourge on you
1: <laughs> i was i was singing the jungle book not like Disney's <laughs> any better. No, and next thing, you know, I'm talking about all do. my friends that have friggin' dropped dead.
0: Dude, well, I have I do have to say though, uh, spinning off of that, I because I I I I exercise, you know, three times a week, um, and something that still rings in my head many times when I get up on the treadmill or I go to start working out was something was an experience that i had with you i think in montreal just for laughs maybe like i don't know eight or nine years ago whatever it was i was going down to the fitness room when you were leaving and i you held the door for me and i walked in you go as you walk away you go hey it's nice to see someone else who gives a shit you know like and that really such an asshole why couldn't I just say, Oh, good morning, Chris? No, I'll tell you what, I nice always to see you. that made me laugh really hard. And number two, it stuck with me in a way that, that to you that was just a passing comment. But to me, there was a real acknowledgement of like, hey, you're making an effort on behalf of yourself, and I acknowledge that. I am too. And so there was this little mini bonding moment. And I still remember that phrase when I get up on the treadmill sometimes. I go, hey, it's nice to see someone gives a shit. And it, and it makes me happy because it reminds me, because when you do take positive steps for yourself, whether it's going to the doctor to get checked up, to make sure you're on top of stuff, there is that subtle nod to yourself of like, hey, I'm worth it. I'm taking this time. I'm doing this thing for myself because I, you know, I don't hate myself completely. And I, I obviously... I must care enough about myself that I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I don't know, it was to you was, it must've been a very passing comment, but I, I cherish it. I love, I love that comment.
1: Okay. As long as I didn't come off like the idiot I am.
0: No, not at all. Are you, uh, do you have a gym or you work? Do you, do you, are you still, uh, do you run?
1: No, I don't run. I'm too old to run. It just does. It does more damage than it does good. So I got a uh, nutritionist, a good friend of mine, hooked me up with a nutritionist a few years ago, and gave me a month-long diet, and I saved all the recipes. Yeah, And I, for the most part, 80% eat like that. And then I just do sort of a home workout. I was going to the gym, but like now that gyms aren't really an option. I've just been doing this home workout where sort of an upper body, lower body thing. I rehab my shoulder, which is amazing now that I can even do that. I mean, I was literally – like just doing wall crawling, just the I couldn't even support the weight of my arm. Yeah. Then it became this. And then it was the pink one pounders. Now I'm on the purple two pounders. I'm about ready to get to bands and be going like this. Yep. Yeah. Um, and just building that back up. Uh so I just want to be lean and mean. Like that whole eighties thing I came up with, what are you benching and being all jacked? Those days are behind me. Like I I'm really I I'm a huge, big believer in, in acting your age. And I don't mean getting depressed that you're older, just acknowledging that you're not young anymore. You don't have to impress anybody. Well, let young people do the young stuff. Right. And that's when they do it, be, that's amazing. Look at you walking on your hands. <laughs> my, my, my shoulders would d- disintegrate if I tried to put that kind of weight on my shoulder. That's amazing. Hey, be careful. I, I hear that with like musicians where they warn the younger guys when they see them out there, like really thrashing their heads and everything. They tell them, they go, be careful doing that night after night
0: because yeah.
1: I did that and I have like a herniated disc and all that. And for the most part, you know, the young kids, you know, they laugh at them, but a few of them take it in. But like, it's like, one of the things that i try to t- tell, hopefully if I have any younger listeners on my podcast, is to um, save up some fun
0: days. <laughs> don't when, blow through them all. <laughs> when you get older, don't yeah. use them all up. That's so funny because you just made me think that, you know, when you're young, it's almost like nature is giving you a, an inheritance, like a time or a youth inheritance. And you can blow it all at once and then you're going to be left with nothing. Or you can like appreciate some of it Bank some of it, you know, like, you know, I've, i I, because I've been fortunate enough to have the same trainer for like 15 years, and I have a little room here in my house with a treadmill and a couple of weights, and we face that
1: OCDC, OCD, OCD, OCD thing was touched. you got to do the other thing. Did I do that? Yeah, you went like this, and then you, you went like this, and then you went like this. Well, oh, I
0: scratched with both. Yeah, I think, I think actually it's just because I was itchy. Like, or is this I, I took, like – did you realize, wait a minute, this is more efficient to use this one? I'll tell you what it was. I think I, I took one pass to scratch this way, and I didn't get it, so my second hand was right there to get it. But it is not uh, – and, by the way, I, I do have some of those tendencies.
1: If I brushed against the door jam with this shoulder, then I have to the other turn around one. and do that, <laughs> and then i have to, have to get him even.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally have that. I just – this time, I don't think that was that. I think that okay. was just – I was just trying to get the scratch. but one of the things kind of like building up what you were saying is uh, I learned a lot of that, like consistently working out of like, you know, the times where I would injure myself in the gym, my trainer is very much a guy who's like, I want you to leave feeling better than when you got here. He's not a guy that says pain no is pain. No gain. Yeah, He's not Come that on, guy hard way Push it. He says, listen to your body. If you don't, if your body says, don't do something, don't do it. The only times I've ever hurt myself is when I was like, Hey, you know what I should do? I should, uh, I should do pull-ups with a weight belt and a 25 pound weight. Uh, and then, you know, then I kind of fucked up my wrist and it's like, Oh yeah, I didn't need to do that. And that's where I really learned. You're not, imp- you don't have to impress anyone. It doesn't matter. You just got to get in and move a little bit so that when you're 80, if you're lucky enough to get there, you're not just like, you know, completely hardened and you can't move. You just,
1: yeah. Stretching, you know, some eating, flexibility. massage, all of that, like I, I, you know, I got like three massages in the first 45 years of my life. <laughs> and then I, then I paid for it I ended up having a sciatic nerve issue and everything. Then I found a couple of like Jedi people that helped me out. And like, I had a chiropractor and he was just going like, I feel like your spine is twisted. <laughs> Where it was like, I'd done all this benching and all of this. So this in the front was so much stronger than the back. Right. It pulled my shoulders forward, and one was higher than the other. My spine was a little curved, and the thing was just sitting there. And I would always have back pain, and I thought it was because I was picking up things wrong. It was just it was the stress of trying to hold stuff back. So then, like I haven't done push-ups or benching in forever, and I just do all these back exercises that had to bring my shoulders down and back. This is such old man shit. I love it, your man. kids are listening, dude. I'm telling you, like, but at least the kids today, what I love about what they have is this, all of this information. Like, there was no information. It was just a gym, you know, gray sweatshirt, gray sweatpants, tuck your towel in, walk in, and just look, <laughs> look and see what other people are doing and then do that and then try to use as much weight as they did or
0: else that means you're a pussy. Like, that was – Our parents' generation – somehow, and this is a broad sweeping generalization, but in general, I feel like did not really even understand that they could be inquisitive about. So like you said, oh, I couldn't, you know, my back was tweaked and I couldn't turn my head. I feel like our parents' generation, a lot of people in that generation would have gone, well, this is just how it is now. And that was it. Shake it off. That's what they yeah. would say, shake it off. Yeah. Dude, yeah.
1: I remember, I would see guys before they'd start their workout, they, they, they'd just do this. Yeah, twist that, it. that was their whole... Do those couple of these? Ah, well, I feel Try like, to touch your toes, come down to your knees, and then that was it. They were know, ready to go.
0: When I when I was young, I feel like it was the idea was, and I, I love the old man talk. By the way, I fucking love it. When I was young, I think you know, like working out or whatever was, you'd push to want to feel something, like oh yeah, I feel it. I can feel everything's like vibrating. I feel you know, and then when you start to get older, you go, no, I think, the, I think the goal is to not feel anything. I think the goal is to do these things so that I don't necessarily feel <laughs> anything. I want to feel the absence of things. That's, that's peace, you know, the absence of all that shit. Yeah. Less weight, more reps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If I didn't do as many today as I did yesterday, it doesn't matter. I still showed up and that's all that matters. I don't have to. I'm not like I'm it's not, I'm not
1: on a pandemic shoulder. to finally learn to be like, my body's not feeling it today. Don't do it today. Maybe not even tomorrow. Just watch what you eat and then come back. And I finally was able, cause first this shoulder went rehab, this one, and then this one went, and this one was just a motherfucker. Cause I just kept, you know, I do a little bit, then I go on the road and then I come back, start from square one, you know, mess it up. Like it was like so tender, I would be telling a joke and I'd swing my arm like that and I'd feel like that lightning. Oh yeah. And I'd be like, all right, back to square one. (laughs) So it took this one where I was just like, I am just going to go, I'm going to give myself an indefinite amount of time to rehab this thing. So then it just sort of took the pressure off. And if I'm not feeling it, I just ice it, try to rub it down. And I've been able to kind of turn it around. So but anyways, I think I was supposed to promote something because I think we're, we're coming up to the end here.
0: Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about King of Staten Island.
1: Yes, now that we've talked about Sad Pixar.
0: <laughs> sad uh, Pixar is a great name for a band. <laughs> 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 uh, that makes me happy. I, no, I, that, yes, we'll definitely talk about that. But I, I love everything you said about being a dad. It makes me excited to be a dad. I love your advice. I love your sensitivity to it. It's really beautiful. And it, and it, and it it's one of the things that I had, had really been excited to talk to you about now that you've, you know, your daughter must be five by now. I feel like it was four or five years ago. No, oh, no, no. She's only three. Oh, she's only three. Yeah. Um, but even just in that short amount of time, you know, like to see the positive effect that it has, I don't know. It just, it makes me, it makes me very happy. It no, no, it's going
1: gonna, gonna to be, it's, it's literally what whatever you, what you put into it's what you're going to get out of it. So, you know, and, uh, one of the worst things you can ever do is, is have a kid and, uh, just not raise it. Not, not just not be present. Get all your attention. They just, they need it. That's another one, man. Woof. That day when you like, when they've stopped being like a little baby, and they're starting to become a little person that day when you realize like, like, you know, there's romance where your girlfriend says, I need you, right. and then there's a little defenseless toddler, and they don't say it, but they're saying it, and you realize, like, like I need to be here. Right. This kid needs me, and then you, you don't feel worthy. You're like, oh, my God. You're leaning on me? Like, I'm <laughs> – <laughs> I'm the answer to the question. I need something. I
0: think every parent feels that to a degree. So I think that's just a human thing. You know, you don't, there there can't be anything you could ever compare it to. I don't have kids yet. I can conceptualize what I think it's like, but I won't know until it happens. It's awesome.
1: And I, when, when when it happens for you, I be real careful about who you open up to, because if you think, you know, Pixar has a little gloom and doom, other parents, Jesus Christ, (laughs) they, 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 there's so many of them that if their kid's a little bit older, they know exactly what's going to happen with your kid, and it's never anything good. No, How's your yeah, kid? Yeah. Oh, my kid's great, totally well behaved. How old is it? Oh yeah, wait till next week. Wait till <laughs> next week. It's gonna, it's gonna start playing with matches. It's like why? Because your kid did?
0: Why? Yeah. Why do you have to? Why can't? Why can't everything just be okay? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People love to give bad. They love to deliver. To, you know. If they had to go through something, they want to deliver it to you. So. Oh, in the
1: schools and all of that. Have you gone to this yet? If you don't do that, they, they make you feel like your kid is already going to be homeless. Like yeah. they already missed the boat at right. two years of age because they didn't go to some meet and greet with a bunch of other
0: two-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. nuts. Well, well. So anyways,
1: I, King of I do Staten know Island. We have to
0: keep an eye out for that. Yeah, King of Staten Island, um, which is. I think it's coming out August twenty fifth on Blu-ray 25th, DVD. You
1: can you can own it digitally, or for old heads, you can get it on Blu-ray and actually have a physical copy. You
0: can have crazy. the gold behind your money. You act crazy to hold something in the in the in the physical universe? That's nuts. I can't even yes. wrap my mind around that. No airdrop with this one, and
1: it's going to have all these uh, extras, all these deleted scenes, and we had so much fun making this movie, and everybody. Did such a great job on it. I think that's why
0: it was such a great, you know, did so well. So that comes out August 25th. That's fantastic. And I'm so glad that you're acting, you know, like even going back to seeing you on Breaking Bad, where it's like, oh, my God, Bill's on one of the greatest shows in the history of television. And he's good. Like, you know. I have very quietly paratrooped in for an episode or two of
1: some of the best shows in the last 20 years. Chappelle show. I did three or four sketches on Chappelle show. (laughs) The three or four episodes of Breaking Bad and I got to do an episode of uh, John Fadrows uh, Mandalorian last year.
0: Yeah man I'm telling you that's a great place to be because you have no responsibility it doesn't the success of the project doesn't live or die by you you get to be nope. associated with this amazing thing and uh, that's great I love that I really
1: uh, a seasoned vet in acting who had told me one time he goes you want to be about seven or eight on the call sheet. That way you're still going to have a good character. You're still going to get lines, but you're not going to work every day. Yep. If the thing tanks and it's not going to be on you. Uh, a guy who had been number one on the call sheet for a while made the choice of saying like, I, I don't want to spend my life on these things. I don't want all of this. It, 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 it takes a special person. Like Someday I'll tell you, dude, watching John... Favreau on that show, like how much he loves it, like he 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 would come in every day. The level of excitement and be like, "What do you think of this scene today, huh?" We're gonna we're gonna have this whole thing, you know, the 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 volume they call it. And what what do you think about this? He just would come in every single day, and was which was amazing because the episode I got to do, we were just in this little hallway thing, and they shot it like fifty different ways, but it was like the same hallway. And I forget, it took like two weeks to shoot the thing, it felt like. And um, I, it just, you know, it was becoming like Groundhog Day. But every morning, he would come in and be like, uh, okay, now this scene. And he was just so passionate. Yeah, and then he would I, show you on, on his iPad some of the other
0: stuff that they were shooting. And it would, it just would, you know, it just filled you up. And that's why it's not an accident that he makes great stuff. Like, he's, you know, like, you yeah. he's obviously incredibly talented, but talent isn't enough that level of passion and commitment and showing up to your job like it's a thing you get to do rather than a thing you have to do and that's that's what he does yeah and, he loves it he loves and it. if you do another episode by the way or if you get to work with him again you definitely need i to don't perform. think i'm dude my guy was uh my i don't know if you remember my
1: my dude ended up in a uh in a jail on some planet
0: far doesn't far mean, away so doesn't mean you couldn't get out and if you do you definitely need to perform uh, bare necessities for him because John directed the live action jungle book. I really think he'd appreciate it. So, is that the one with John Goodman? No, 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 the live action jungle book. of uh, it was uh, uh, it just came out a few years ago. Like, B- Bill Murray was in it, and it was. Like, I'm
1: in, I'm in. John Favreau, Bill Murray, jungle book. I'm
0: in. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, oh my god, your daughter will love it because it's like it's all the CG animals. Uh, And it's stunning. It's It's beautiful. You will absolutely love it. Where the hell have I been? We do movie nights
1: uh, once a week, make popcorn and do all of that. And my daughter gets to pick the movie. So
0: yeah, I'm going to tell you it came out in 2016. All right. I'm all over it. Yeah. Um, I got one for you that a podcast listener told me to do. Um, He
1: said, uh, or he or she said, tread. Like, don't tread on me. Watch that documentary on Netflix. T-R-E-A-D. Okay. So what is it? It's about a guy who goes to a small town. Oh! Buys a little piece and then it just goes from there.
0: Um, my recommendation for you is Grand Designs, but then also Maine Cabin Masters is a fucking great show. Okay. Maine, M A I N E, it's about a family. I, I just had the guy on the podcast. Uh, it's about a basically a family in Maine and they redo What's all it these. It's Maine what? Cabin Masters. There's five seasons of it. There's a six season right now. What's the other one? Other show called? Grand Designs. That's a, that I, we've been watching that on Netflix or Apple. It's on, it's, it's on Apple too. Grand Designs is really like an architecture show. And, but Maine Cabin Masters is like, you know, they got 25 grand in eight weeks to take some family's campground in Maine and flip it and make it usable. And they recycle all the material and it's like a family, so they all give each other shit, and they're fucking hilarious. And it's <laughs> it's just like watching people and going, watching them come up with simple solutions to complex problems. Where you go, oh, yeah, I would never survive if there was an apocalypse because I can't think the way they do. You know, like it's it's really fun to watch, and they're great. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. Thank you for great doing to the see podcast. You too. It's like maybe five or six times now. We've been we're like old timey podcasters now. You got you've been doing your podcast for a long time, and then you got a new one with Bert. And uh, it
1: all started way back in the day at the uh, the Improv in Houston
0: was where I met you. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh my God, that's right. Over with hard and firm, yeah. Up. Mike, Mike Furman and I were bringing our unique brand of nerd songs to people who weren't. They who loved it. Stupid. I that that friggin' song that you wrote
1: about pi, the number pi, or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved it.
0: Uh, i'm glad to hear that our, our, our recollection of those shows was a lot of people were like why are you singing about these things <laughs>
1: but uh, uh, no they they needed it i i like that you did it you thought that everyone was going to be smart enough to get what you guys would t- you elevated the room before my <laughs> shit jokes
0: that, that's a very um, kind way to put i
1: unfortunately got another one of these i got to do to keep go remote, go um, go go
0: bill It's good boy you right you. now Take
1: care all right thank you so much chris i hope to see you in person. So yeah. whatever whatever this is. Okay, All right. Chris. Take care. Thanks, the
0: buddy. End. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your
1: burrito.